You're listening to the Glory Days of Sports podcast being brought to you by Genesis Contracting. In the beginning, call Genesis Contracting LLC, 314-517-2380. Again, 314-517-2380. Check them out on Facebook and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Glory Days of Sports podcast. I'm Mike Cromer, and coming up, I will talk with David Mickey Evans, the writer and director to the movie The Sandlot. Anyone who retweets or shares on Facebook this edition of the podcast will be entered into a drawing for four free tickets to see Comedy Sports St. Louis, a clean comedy show on Main Street St. Charles, a great Saturday night would be going out to dinner to one of the fantastic restaurants in St. Charles with family or friends, and then heading over to the 7.30 show of Comedy Sports St. Louis. Right now I'm talking with Mike McGuire, director, uh, actor, and a player in Comedy Sports St. Louis, and the manager of it. Uh, Mike, what can you tell me about Comedy Sports St. Louis? Well, Comedy Sports is a comedy show played as a sport. So we have two teams of actors competing for your laughs and applause. The MCs are rough, but it's actually competitive. The people want to win. Believe me, my people love winning. <laughs> they hate to lose. So, But it's all done in fun. It's 100% clean comedy. Um, if anybody says like a bad word or whatever, they have to wear a brown bag for the rest of that sketch or scene. You're talking about the clean comedy as we were talking before. I know uh, as the father of uh, two kids, uh, that's something that's always important. And uh, one thing that kind of almost attracted me to uh, reaching out to you is your uh, clean aspect of your shows. Oh, yeah, it's 100% clean. We have kids that come every week. It's not a kid's show, though. I want to make that clear. It's for adults, but kids can be there. And actually, sometimes kids participate because we ask for audience volunteers to participate in some of our games. If people want to come out and watch one of your shows, uh, how can they do that? Uh, Well, we have a show every Saturday night at 730. You can go to cszstlouis.com. That's cszstlouis.com. and get tickets for our 730 show. Um, we also do private shows. We do shows for churches, corporate training. We have classes here every Sunday. So we're above the Sugar Cubed on Main Street, historic Main Street. The Sugar Cubed has all sorts of novelty candies, and it's, uh, it's a great time. Love to see you guys. Again, retweet or share on Facebook this podcast, and you could win four free tickets to Comedy Sports St. Louis. Make sure to like their Facebook page. Just search CSZ St. Louis. In April of 1993, the great floods of the Mississippi, Missouri, and other area rivers started. Also in April of 93, the standoff at the Branch Davidian Compound in Waco, Texas came to an end. Bill Clinton was still in the infancy of his first term as president, just his third full month in office. On April 7th of that year, the film The Sandlot was released, a film that has more than stood the test of time. It is aged like a fine wine with a new audience, discovering it on a regular basis. Here is part one of my interview with David Mickey Evans. I am pleased to be talking with the writer and director of The Sandlot, David Mickey Evans. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Mike, on the contrary, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, brother. I tell you what, we are approaching the 25th anniversary of its release. Did you ever think the movie would stand the test of time like it has? Man, that, that's a tough question. I mean, the answer is no. Um, but I guess the real answer is, did I ever even conceive of that while we were, you know, in, uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, shooting the picture in 92? No, it, it never entered my mind. Um, it was just a matter of 
are we making a good picture? Is every scene working? Are, you know, are the kids, uh, uh, you know, uh, responding? Are they, are they giving great performances and all that? You're sort of so, you know, micro focused when you're making a picture that all of that other stuff about, you know, will it be successful? Will people like it? Will this, will that? I, I can't say I never think about it, but I'll say I try never to think about it because really that's not the job when you're actually doing what you do as a writer and a director, you're just trying to, you know, look, and when you're working with young actors, it's kind of like sometimes hurting cats, hurting squirrels. (laughs) You got all these things. I mean, there's all, you know, uh, some very, very smart person, much smarter than me, uh, said once that directing is a thousand decisions a day, tiny little decisions. And you hope that most of them go right, you know? And on this picture, what I can say is in retrospect, not at the time, but in retrospect, pretty much all of them went right, you know? Right. And I think that's a testament. Yeah. To, you know, the great crew, all of the, all of the people that I, I, I had on that picture were all on the same page. And this is the movie we're making. This is what it needs to sound, feel, and look like. And, uh, you know, uh, God willing, it, 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 it came out like, and if I had to give a percentage on it, I'd say 85, 85 to 89% of what I intended, which is a remarkable percentage. It, because it, mostly, it, it, it doesn't happen like that. And you, you brought up working with a, a, you know, obviously a very young cast for the most part. And uh, as you know, I'm a full-time teacher. And so I know that feeling of trying to wrangle cats at times. You know, I, I go into a classroom with 20 kids every day. How different was that experience of working with a young cast as compared to working with a, a more uh, of an older cast? How, 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 how was that different? Wow. Well, I mean, when you work with seasoned adult actors, you know, by and large, they know their jobs. They come prepared. They know their lines. Uh, they have their particular ideas, uh, you know, takes on their character and all that stuff. And you work with that and they say, you go, okay, look, I envision it like this as a director. I want to block it like this and that and the other thing. And then you get input from your actors, good actors, sure. professional actors. Well, what if I did this? What if I did that? What if I changed this? And then it's yes, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Blah, blah, blah. And eventually, you know, as long as you're communicating, And of course, the only thing that really matters in those moments is clarity. Clarity, uh, in my mind as the writer-director, and in their minds as the interpreter of those characters, are we on the same page? And, you know, most of the time, you are. And as a director, I learned really early on in my career, i got to be open. i got to be loose, fluid, and ready, regardless of my storyboards, my preconceived notions, the way I thought it should be and all those other things, I got to be really ready for one of my, you know, seasoned adult professional actors to say, well, what about this? And if that's a better idea than what I had, and that's happened many, many times to me, and I'm sure it has to every director that's ever made a movie, Mm -hmm. I got to be ready to not just uh, acknowledge that, but to embrace it and change things on a dime. Sure. So, okay, cool. And then you've got your adult actors who, when you say, you know what, that's a better idea, let's do it that way. 
And those things happen very quickly. Those changes also happen with young actors. Okay. But the deal with young actors is when they go, well, what if I said this? And you go, dude, that's awesome. That's great. Let's do it that way. They're not prepared generally okay. to back it up with, you know, uh, e- education, training, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, I'll go, man, that's a great idea. But then all of that stuff befalls me to try to figure out blocking this, that, the other thing, camera angles, camera, uh, lens sizes, and blah, blah, blah. Now, one of the big the big things is that when you work with professional adult actors, and this has been said many billions of times in, in the movie making pantheon, is like you can't line read on a, a professional adult actor. Some some professional adult actors that I've worked with have actually requested me, dude. I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand the line, please line read me. Tell me how you would say it. Okay. Very, very, very rare, but it's happened. Sure. Um, when you work with young actors or kids, you don't, you have to ask their permission. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. You go, no, 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 dude, not like that. Or do that <laughs> like this. And the great advantage and, and you know, what's the old adage? Never work with kids and animals, you know? Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't find that. I don't find that to be true. I think it's absolutely awesome working with animals and kids because I can say to kids, and I did many times on the Sandlot, all right, that's really cool, but what about this? Do it like I'm doing it. Right. You know? Sure. So it gives a director, for better or worse, and and really, it really is for better or worse, um, uh, a a margin of control over the... uh, performance which may be good right. may be bad sure in the in the professional seasoned adult acting world it's mostly not good okay but with young young actors it, it, it's a good thing so and, and it's it, it's very interactive okay. you know like yeah. in the sandlot like when they were doing the thing uh, trying to get the ball back and all that we shot that over a couple of weeks what you don't see in the movie, I had little uh, transmitters in their ears. Okay. All these kids, because I had like, you know, nine kids and some in the treehouse, some down here, some over there. <laughs> and they were all reading their lines right, and I had a bunch of cameras and all that. But on the fly, I was thinking of funnier things to say or, right. or better things to say. Right. And things to say for each character that over the course of the first month that we were shooting, that I had no concept of because Chauncey and Pat and Mike and, 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 and uh, Tom Guyry were bringing to the roles that I could like identify, like I'd think something up and then I'd whisper it through a microphone into their ear and then they would just say it on the fly. So there was a lot of ad lib going on while we shot, which I think was invaluable to, to the film. I will get back to the glory days of sports podcast in just a moment. Right now, I'm talking with Jesse Adams, the owner of Genesis Contracting, LLC. Jesse, what can you tell me about Genesis Contracting? Well, I started Genesis Contracting because I wanted to have a a personal relationship with my customers. Genesis Contracting was started to do roof repairs, roof replacements, gutters, siding, generally everything on the outside of the house, but we also do interior remodeling and, and things like that. But 
Um, I'm a customer service oriented type of guy, and so uh, the company that I was working for didn't didn't seem to have as much interest in having that kind of relationship with the customer. So. That's why I started Genesis Contracting. You mentioned being inside and outside, uh, and I recently saw that on your Facebook page of Genesis Contracting. What can you tell me about some of the projects that you guys have done inside and outside? Well, outside, of course, we do roofs, gutters, siding, soffit fascia, um, and decks. We do concrete work as well, patio replacements. And on the inside, we do painting and uh, basement uh, remodels, bathroom remodels, pretty much anything that's not new construction we're capable of taking care of. You hit on one thing, customer service. I can't tell you how huge of a thing that is for me. It, to me, it's all about customer service. I enjoy having a relationship with people. Um, when we're working on people's homes, it's their biggest investment, and they want to know that they are working with somebody that can be trusted, and um, I like bringing that to the table. What about insurance claims? Are you guys uh, involved with insurance claims at all? Yes, I have a lot of experience doing insurance claims. So if your home has been damaged by wind or hail or even fire, uh, I work closely with insurance companies to um, take care of your insurance claim. I can do all the back and forth between uh, the insurance company and, and the customer and just make sure that the job gets completed from start to finish. Jesse Adams of Genesis Contracting, LLC. Jesse, how can people get a hold of Genesis Contracting? You can call me at 314-517-2380 or reach me by email at jesse, J-E-S-S-E dot genesiscontracting at gmail.com. And uh, also on social media, Facebook, you can find us, Genesis Contracting. That is Jesse Adams with Genesis Contracting, LLC. Give him a call, 314-517-2380. Again, 314-517-2380. And check him out on Facebook. Be sure to tell him you heard about them on the Glory Days of Sports podcast. How did the whole idea of the movie come about? Well... That's a really good question, and I've <laughs> I've been asked that a million times. And the short answer is this: my I have a little brother. He's like two, three years younger than me. And when we were like eight to ten, we lived in a section of northern San Fernando Valley in Southern California, where we were um, picked on and bullied and beat up. You know, on the way to school, at school, on the way home from school, at home. It, it's not a pretty picture. And the kids on the block that we lived on uh, were all big sports fans, and they all hated us. And the reason there's a reason for that, but it, it really doesn't need to be dealt with. <laughs> okay. And so they, yeah, well, it, it was a racial thing, but okay. whatevs. So uh, they played basketball in the middle of the bullet or the street or whatever. And basketball season, football, and football season, blah blah blah. But baseball season was always the biggest deal because. The biggest team in Southern California at the time was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right. I still bleed Dodger blue. I'm a Dodger fan, die hard, and all that. Now, they never let us play. We always wanted to play. And so there'd be, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, ten kids down the end of the block where there was this house, particular house. And in those days, in that area, that was sort of the twilight of the Eisenhower era of massive suburban expansion, you know, three right. plus two ranch homes built by the thousands, blah, blah, blah. Right. And there was this one house and it had a six foot cinder block wall all around the backyard. And there was this local 
uh, block and neighborhood legend about a dog literally named Hercules <laughs> okay. that lived back there, okay? Sure. And these guys, and we were all poor kids, very, very poor, so they played baseball. One day, they hit their ball into that backyard, and I wasn't with my little brother. He was by himself, and he was like eight. And they go, hey, go get the ball. You can play with us. And all he wanted to do was play ball. Right. He wanted to play with them. So he goes, sure, and he didn't know. And he went over that back wall, and he got he got the ball back. And as he was trying to jump back over the six-foot-wall, imagine an eight-year-old. Right, absolutely. That dog was chained up in the backyard, busted the chain, oh my and goodness. ripped his uh, leg. Oh. Yeah, he had to go to the hospital. It was oh, horrible. Oh, my goodness. It was horrible. Wow. So uh, many, many years later. So that's where the idea came from. But many, many years later, when I was like 27, 28, whatever, Still living in Southern California, I was stuck in traffic on the 405, and no matter where you are in the world, everybody knows how bad the 405 is. And I was trying to think up another movie, and it suddenly occurred to me, that's a good idea for a movie. <laughs> okay. But then I was like, yeah, but they were all bad guys and not good kids. What do I do? Right. And it was really bothering me. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of wearing on my soul, you know. Okay. That I really hated those guys, and truth be known, <laughs> I had the resources to hunt them down at that. Time. Oh my goodness! I, I, oh, dude, I could have got revenge. Yeah. And then, as I was cresting the big hill that you come over to go into the valley, I said, "No, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a kid. He goes over. I'm just going to take all those bullies from my childhood." And I'm going to turn them into heroes. Gotcha. And that's where the whole idea came from. That's that's how it happened. And and you know, one thing that really stands out to me in the movie is the dialogue between the characters, them talking on the baseball field, and, and at times insulting one uh, insulting one another. The way that only friends do. You know, you might call your best yep. friend a name or something. Um, but it, it, it's, it's almost a friendly insult. The dialogue rings so true and, and perhaps I, I, I don't want to say girls don't get that, but perhaps in a way that only boys who grew up with a group of bo- other boys, maybe only boys kind of understand that type of dialogue. Well, yeah, at, but I would say that it was a, the, the, look, the dialogue in the movie is a product of its time. Okay, in those days, and and that was '62. Now, like I'm a child of the '70s, not the '60s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was actually born in the year that the Sandlot takes place. Okay, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, whatever the sensitivities and and you know political correctiveness and all of that sort right. of stuff right. is today didn't exist then. It was what it was, and when I was writing it. Um, you know, to, to do today, you know, it's, well, I, we, I don't think we should get into that, but <laughs> what the, the point of the matter is I wanted to be honest and authentic. Right. And, and I, and I, even when I opened that file, that computer file and just went, it was, the Sandlot was not the original title. It was the boys of summer. Yeah. I came across that the other night. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, there was a book called the boys of summer and sort of, they said, don't use it. And so I go, okay, cool. It's the sandlot, whatever. But the deal is, um, even when I open that first computer page, let's call it the first blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I wrote fade in, you know, 
these are not just uh, good friends. They're the best best buddies in the history of the world. And then I described the kids and all that. Right. And once I said that on that first page, it was like, this has to be completely honest and authentic. And that's what was in my mind, both as a writer and a director was it needs to be authentic. And I think it is right. Um, 62. Like you just said, the dialogue is, you know, I defy anybody to, you know, uh, just, Tell me that that is not authentic 62, 12 and 13 year old dialogue. It is. It absolutely is. Absolutely. And I knew that since I was doing it in 62, that, you know, even with a, whatever PC thing at the time, uh, that it would pass muster. In other words, with execs and, you know, financiers and all that, because it was honest and authentic and Hey, that's the way it was. So anybody complains, well, you know, (laughs) <laughs> get Stewie's time machine, go back in time and change it. I right. mean, because that's the way it was, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, it wasn't a crutch that I leaned on, but it was definitely something that was a huge advantage to me when, uh, when I wrote it. That is part one of my interview with David Mickey Evans brought to you by Genesis contracting in the beginning called Genesis contracting, LLC, three, one, four, five, one, seven, two, three, eight, zero. Again, that's 314-517-2380. Check them out on Facebook and make sure you tell them you heard about them on the Glory Days of Sports podcast. Don't forget to retweet or share on Facebook and you could win a free night of comedy at Comedy Sports St. Louis. Music is courtesy of bensound.com. Thanks for listening to the Glory Days of Sports podcast.